going to begin at Sewell Elementary School, where third, fourth, and fifth graders got displaced from their regular classrooms last week by a minor fire in the Lawler B building. With cleanups still ongoing, those students are going to have to remain in their temporary classrooms for a few more weeks. Affected third and fourth graders have been moved into other rooms at Sewell, while fifth graders have been walked to and from Smith Middle School and the Carolina Center for Educational Excellence. In a message to parents, Chapel Hill Carborough school officials said that's going to have to continue for a few more weeks through Friday, February 2nd. Families are being asked to continue dropping their kids off at Sewell regardless, even if their temporary classroom is in a different building. In Hillsborough, meanwhile, police have made an arrest in the case of a robbery that led to an officer getting injured. Frederick Pullen Jr. of Morrisville now faces numerous charges, including felony assault on a law enforcement officer. He also had six outstanding warrants already out for his arrest. The incident happened last week Wednesday. Police say they confronted him in the act of committing larceny at the Sheets gas station by Hampton Point, but he fled to his car and took off, dragging an officer in the process. That officer was hospitalized with minor injuries. Turning to local government now, Orange County Commissioners have their first meeting of the year tonight at 7 in the Witted Building in Hillsborough. Tops on the agenda, board members will discuss capital needs for the county, including the two school districts, with a possible bond referendum coming in November. Here's County Commissioner James Etta Bedford on that. We didn't get to it in our December meeting, but we have, we're looking at a bond referendum in, in November. And I don't know schools will be a part of it, county facilities much more detail not sure yet we were supposed to talk about that just big picture like well how much of a bond we were planning 130 million for schools that was it but um the report came in and it's like anywhere from five half a billion to a billion dollar i mean if we did everything beautifully a billion dollars that's not possible you know half a billion half a billion 500 million our whole entire budget's 279 million so we have to have discussions about well how much of the county and how much of the schools can we do so that'll be big. That's County Commissioner James Etta Bedford there. You can listen back to the full conversation in the News on the Hill section of our website, Chapelboro.com. Elsewhere in local government, the Durham City Council meets this morning to officially choose a new council member to fill the vacancy from Leonardo Williams' election as mayor. That person will be sworn in at the regular council meeting tonight at 7. In Carborough, the town council meets tonight also at 7 to discuss recommendations from the town's community safety task force. Chatham County Commissioners meet at 6 with an agenda that includes a proposed regional water treatment facility in New Hope Township. And the Chatham County School Board also meets at 6 tonight. Their agenda includes a proposed site for new schools in Chatham Park. You can get links to all the agendas on our website, chapelboro.com. And speaking of local government, congrats to Carborough Town Council Member Eliezer Posada, who was just named last week as the Interim Director of Equality NC, a statewide advocacy group for LGBTQ rights. He's taking over for Kendra Johnson, who's stepping down after five years on the job. And finally, in state government, a judge has sided with Governor Roy Cooper in the latest iteration of his ongoing power struggle with Republican lawmakers. Last year, the General Assembly passed bills changing the makeup of several boards and commissions, taking away much of the governor's appointment power. That includes the State Environmental Management Commission, which immediately moved to cancel its own lawsuit over discharge limits of a possibly carcinogenic industrial chemical. Cooper is sued to challenge the makeup changes, and on Thursday, a trial judge agreed to temporarily block the commission from canceling that lawsuit while the challenge is pending. 
Time is 6.16. Time now for sports. Brought to you this hour by Rosewood Wealth Management. UNC men's basketball is up to number four in the AP rankings and number three in the coaches poll after rolling over Syracuse 103-67 on Saturday. R.J. Davis led the way in scoring with 22 and the Tar Heels got double doubles from both Armando Baycott and Harrison Ingram plus big contributions off the bench from Jalen Washington and Jalen Withers who both hit double figures in scoring in less than 15 minutes on the court. It was again the defense that led the way, though, as UNC held Syracuse to just 37% shooting, fifth straight Tar Heel opponent to shoot under 40%. Here's head coach Hubert Davis on that defense. The guys now are being able to see the benefit of it. You know, you could talk about it. You know, we we need to do this defensively. We need to rebound. But once you do that and you see the benefit as a team and individually, like more playing time, I think guys are like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, this is is nice. I like defense. I like to rebound and box out. And so I think that trust on the defensive end is, is building. And one of the things that I always tell them, I showed them a clip at the beginning of the season and it was Kevin Garnett and he was talking about defense and he says, I'm, I'm only in the place where I was supposed to be because I knew my teammate was going to be where he was supposed to be. And I said, that's the type of trust we need to have out there on the floor, specifically on the defensive end. And Super Davis speaking there. Now 5-0 and in the ACC. Heels will look to stay unbeaten in the conference tomorrow night, hosting Louisville at 9. Meanwhile, the Tar Heel women got their own impressive win over the weekend, beating Virginia 81-68 to on Sunday behind a season-high 27 points from Deja Kelly and a 16.12 board double-double from Alyssa Usby on a day when Carolina celebrated the 30th anniversary of the 1994 championship team. Despite that win, UNC dropped three spots to number 23 in the AP rankings, thanks to their loss to Florida State a little bit earlier in the week. Next up, Carolina hits the road on Thursday night. They'll face Georgia Tech in Atlanta. Elsewhere in sports, Tar Heel Wrestling had an Ivy League weekend, losing to Penn and Harvard, but then easily beating Brown. Carolina women's gymnastics took fourth in a four-team meet against Arizona, Boise State, and Nebraska, but junior Isabel Schaefer was named ACC Specialist of the Week after matching her career high in uneven bars. Top-ranked UNC women's tennis opened up their year by sweeping Elon and Campbell. In football, Carolina landed another incoming transfer for next season. Senior offensive lineman Zach Greenberg from Muhlenberg College, a D3 school in Pennsylvania. And six Tar Heel women's soccer players got chosen in Friday's professional draft, including Ali Sentner, number one overall to Utah, and Savi King, number two overall to Bay FC. Also drafted were Macy Bell in the first round to Gotham FC, Sam Meza to Seattle, and Avery Patterson to Houston, both in round two, and Julia Dorsey staying close to home, going to the NC Courage in round three. Ali Sentner, by the way, the third Tar Heel to be the first overall draft pick. Crystal Dunn did it in 2014, and Emily Fox did it in 2021. Turning now to legal news, UNC's Athletics Conference, that would be the ACC, is facing a lawsuit this year from Florida State University. They want to get out of their grant of rights agreement in an effort to leave the conference without having to pay hundreds of millions of dollars in the process. That's a move that could have huge implications for UNC if it happens, but what does the law actually say? We spoke recently with longtime sports commentator and attorney David Glenn about that, and here's what he had to say. I think Florida State is accurate when it says that the former ACC committee Commissioner John Swafford negotiated a below-market TV deal. But you don't win a lawsuit simply because your commissioner or your member schools miscalculated the value of your TV rights. It is not a winning legal argument to say, we forecast incorrectly. I mean, they've even argued bad faith against the ACC. 
that is a really hard thing to prove, and I think the Seminoles will lose that aspect of their lawsuit. Bad faith does not mean you miscalculated. Bad faith doesn't mean, oh, we should have gotten more money for our TV rights with the benefit of hindsight. Bad faith means people were out to do you wrong on yep. purpose. And that's the ACC. I mean, unless there's some smoking gun evidence out there that nobody's ever seen or heard of, the ACC is not guilty of bad faith when it comes to its actions on behalf of the Seminoles, period. That's a losing part of the FSU lawsuit, and I'd be confident in saying that. That's David Glenn speaking there, part of a much longer conversation we had last week. You can read a full transcript plus listen back on our website, chapelboro.com. And finally, in hockey, the Carolina Hurricanes had a mixed weekend. They beat Pitt 3-2 to in overtime on Saturday, but then lost to the Kings 5-2 to yesterday. Canes are back in action on Friday, hosting the Red Wings at 7.